Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. So glad you've joined us today. Today, I have the privilege of having Kim Zimmerman with me. Kim, thank hey. you for joining me. Oh, it's such an honor and privilege to be with you this today. It will, really is. It'll be fun. <laughs> it will and be fun. I mean, you you and your husband, Brian, are known for many things right here in our county. Yeah. Uh, often, I'm interviewing people from different parts of the nation of the world. But today, we're right here in Lancaster yeah. County, Pennsylvania. And obviously, you've been known for the CityGate Houses of Prayer scattered throughout our county. We want to talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah. But first of all, again, this is a leadership podcast. Mm-hmm. Trying to glean from the things you've learned over the years, things you say, I wish you wouldn't have done that. We could have yeah. done this, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Or they say, This really works. So, we're just going to talk about your leadership journey yeah. that you've had and then you and Brian have had together. Uh, so, let's talk about you grew up here in this county, what, New Hollander? You were at? So, I grew up in East Earl, East which Earl. would be sandwiched between like New Holland and Terry Hill. All right. And you grew Garden up Garden Spot School District. Okay. And <laughs> talk to me about your early days and how you came to the Lord of yeah. And then anything about leadership you learned back in those days? Yeah, you know, as I, I when you sent this to me, I was really going back, and sometimes you feel like you really don't have anything to share. But then when you start seeing the line that right. God has from early on, it just is amazing, and I'm amazed by what God has done. But so, uh, yeah, so I grew up in Pennsylvania, but we, when I was born, my parents moved to Ohio. So I was in Ohio till I was about ten years old. Really? Yeah, and so that's where. Um, that's where I met the Lord at a very, very, very young age. In Ohio. In Ohio. That's um, cool. I always say how I... Um I joke that I, I came out of the womb a Pentecostal. Like, I was born into right, the Pentecostal movement. Right. My mom was part of that. Wasn't she like a Pentecostal teacher? Yeah, and, she and, was. Yeah. And, like, I was part of the churches that, like, people were running down the aisle. Really? Hands waving. People rolling. Yeah. But really? it was the Assembly of God Church. Um uh, church or a church of church of God. I forget which one, but because I was at both of those in Ohio. That's well, back in those gro- days. This kind of church has scared me. You know that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to me, it was normal. I remember moving here when Brian and I started dating. He's like, our church is a little different, and and it was like a non-denominational. Sure. And so I went to the first service, and I'm like, what's different? Like this is boring. <laughs> like to me, it was nothing. But so it was at. Um, a revival service that the church had, and it's it's so vivid. I was probably four or five. And there was, uh, they had this this special speaker in, and she was only maybe two feet tall, and really? in a wheelchair. Really. But she had the voice of like Aretha Franklin, like she just belted out these wow. gospels. And I remember sitting there thinking, I don't know what happened, but I just fell in love with this, the emotion and what she was singing about and crying. And and I remember I my mom took me up to introduce me to her because like I didn't realize it at the time but back then I would sit at a piano and just sing and sing and sing and realize I was probably singing in tongues and just didn't know it but I would make up songs so my mom took me up to her to have her pray for me and I remember this like looking back now this sweet little woman was prophesying into me 
that I would be walking with God. I do have a call and destiny. And so from that, like I went home and I remember kneeling with my mom at like five years old that I don't want to not be with Jesus. Uh Like I want that. And so from a very, very young age, I had that, um, that encounter with God, but then you kind of become a teenager. Right. (laughs) You can stray from that original Wow, you do stray from that. And so I had a very good foundation. My mom was an extreme intercessor, spirit-filled Bible teacher. So I, I had a good foundation. But that, you know, they say, you know, just because you stay in the garage doesn't make you a car. That's right. So just because I grew up in a Christian home and had made a decision at a young age, I still wasn't really following God. You're going to swim in the ocean or make a fish. (laughs) That's right. But I always had that. It just was always in me. Because I remember even when I would do the wrong things, I felt conviction immediately. Always. So you've had this call of God in your life and God's at a very young age, four to five. Now, think back to one of the first times you remember anything that had to do with leadership. They, oh, I think I might be called to lead something. Or you let you talk to us well, about that. And I think what I, I hit it for a long, long time because, um, because being a woman right. in Lancaster County, but I was raised differently because my parents were not from Lancaster County. Right. So for me, what, what happened is I was labeled bold. She's okay. really bold. And so I was like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person. So I hid some of these gifts for a very long time. Sure. But I used to, at a very young age, like um, elementary school, I would line up all my dolls and teddy bears and I would teach them and have really? classes. I would organize them. And I remember even in any sports that I did, like I wanted to be the captain. I wanted to lead the team in high school. I wanted to be one of the officers of, you know, I led things. I always was organizing and in charge of things. It just was like this natural, if somebody wasn't doing it, I immediately stepped in and became the leader of it. Um, But, you know, since I wasn't walking fully with the Lord, it was very brash and it wasn't. Um, spirit led. Right. <laughs> it was very flesh oriented because I wanted it. And you know, realize sometimes what manifested then is a lot of it was being done because I wanted to please man. Sure. And I was looking sure. for attention. And so these gifts I had were, were not being used to the fullest because I was using them to try to get attention. So what do you tell a younger person who says, I've got this leadership gift in my life. I, I see it. I know it. I know I'm called to be a leader. <laughs> and I feel like there's no room for me and people might misunderstand me. Yeah. I mean, what do you tell them? And whether they're a teenager, they're 20s, 30s, whatever age, what, what do you tell them? What's, what, what have you learned, maybe the hard way, that could help them yeah. in their journey? You know, I think in all of it, like I went back and reread some of my leadership books that uh, a dear friend of ours took me through right away. And, you know, it all comes down to your relationship with Jesus first. Mm-hmm. If you're not disciplined in your life with God, True. you are not going to be a good leader, even if you have leadership qualities. True. It's always going to be from a flesh perspective. So I, what I tell them, and actually when I was the worship director when, and I you know, was asked that very same question, who would you make the next leader? And I was looking out at this crowd and saying, nobody, mm-hmm. because nobody wants to serve. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the stage. Okay, so, there, and so there's a key. Serving, servant heart. Um, you know, when I look back, I, I want, like, again, it was in, I wanted to be the worship leader. I wanted to be up there. And, I, and God took me through this process. No, learn how to, back then, mm-hmm. alphabetize the overheads. Mm-hmm. And then learn how to use the overhead machine. 
Mm-hmm. Then learn how to like so there was this servant and you're giving your age stage. away when you hear about over age. Yeah, I know, you know right? <laughs> <laughs> so old. I'm so old. <laughs> you're really not. Um, so <laughs> the, the key for me is like you have to learn how to serve first. So right. my first okay. thing when I see someone that wants to be a strong leader, I actually look and think where are they serving now? It's one of the things we do at CityGate when someone comes and says, oh, I want to have a CityGate location. I'm like, are you serving now Mm -hmm. in one of the locations? Okay, so (laughs) first thing you're saying, Jesus was a server, but called to serve. And, and, you know, I do that all the time. I'm looking looking for leaders. Who are serving? Because yes. I know they'll be the best future leaders. Absolutely. Now we, we keep talking about CityGate. Let's talk about oh. CityGate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, talk talk about how CityGate started. Uh, you and Brian had that yeah. vision for that, and you know what it looks like today. And then we're going to talk about leadership lessons you've learned in that whole process. Sure. Well, and and again, so always this has always been in me to start things, to lead things. Right. And God has gifted me with having a vision, but then also with strategy. And so sometimes I drive myself crazy because I know how to do it. And I know. And so with CityGate, what happened was I was involved in the 24-7 prayer movement. I was trained. Like I was working with Jimmy Nyman at Gateway. I was doing a set back there and um, doing worship and the whole International House of Prayer came about. And God just really struck me with prayer movement. But what does that look like outside of church? Could it be a place that didn't look pretty? Could it be a place Mm -hmm. outside that anybody could come to? Or does it have to be stuck in a box? And so I just started dreaming and praying and God kept downloading vision of what it would look like and lining me up with people like like Jimmy and Keith Yoder that I would share like, I feel like this is what's going to happen. And Again, for our friends who are all over the world, these right. are key leaders right in here Langster in our county, county. Lebanon County. Exactly. Yeah, here, who have absolutely. done prayer. I mean, Gateway House of Prayer is amazing. 24-7 House of Prayer. But you're saying there's something different there something, out of the box. What yeah. kinds of things were you thinking about? What did you want to see? And so I wanted to see that somebody who maybe didn't go to church. Okay. That wanted prayer or wanted to sit and just listen to music or had a question sure. could maybe just come in and sit down. A space for people a that get closer for to God. To get closer, yes. That's really good. Yeah. And people who could pray with them and pray uh, for them. Absolutely. And so we kind of, you know, we learned a lot along the way because we were involved in a local church at that point. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're involved in a local church, you think everything has to happen in that local right, church, in right. those four walls. And, and we tried, and it just did, it wasn't it wasn't right. you know round peg in a square right, hole or whatever. Connect. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So then, uh, so then talk we, about the steps you take. Like like the first city gate house of prayer was Lancaster, yeah. Pennsylvania. Is that right? Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we we have been working with some key leaders and um, with our pastor and some key leaders, and we really felt like. God, God told us what to do, and it was kind of like, build it, and they will come. Like, this is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And, and then along the way, we had met with a lot of people and a lot of prophecies that come into our life sure. about this is going to be a different thing. And Because some of our leadership story is kind of funny because we did everything you're not supposed to do. Like, we didn't have a business plan. We didn't have finances. We didn't have a board. We didn't have any of that stuff. We had a heart and a vision, and we met with some key leaders that were like, we see this. We're behind you. Let's do this. And so we started the first one with us and just a, a, a small team that okay. believed the same thing. But talk about the team. How important is it, was the team for this? The team was company? vital because, I mean, you might have a vision, but if you don't have community okay. with you, yeah. you know, then you're yeah. just, you know, you're isolation. You're doing everything on your own. And so it was very vital as we felt to share to certain, like we didn't share it with everybody. We shared mm-hmm. it with people we thought would understand sure. it um, and support it. 
And and then there were some that didn't, and that's fine too. But we we started Citygate Lancaster in two thousand. Like the vision in me was probably started in two thousand and four or five. Right. But two thousand and seven is when we had the green light from God, and and the finances to start renting a building. Okay, so let's talk about it. what did it look like. What did the first Citygate <laughs> look like? Uh, were you ever there? I don't remember if you were ever there. I'm not it sure. Was Tell so me more. So sad. So the first this is <laughs> so this kind of dates it too. So it used to be called the Brunswick Hotel. And on the base of it, like in front of Ben's Park, and there used to be like a little small skate park and a small stage. And underneath that, they used to have shops. Okay. Well, they hadn't been used for a long, long time. And so they, the manager of the Brunswick said, well, I'll let you use this space for this much okay. money. But, okay, there was no ceiling. There was no running water. There was no floor. It was just concrete. There were roaches. It was, I mean, and we had to crawl, like, to get to our space sometimes, we had to go through, at that time at the hotel, you had to go under the escalator and, and like, kind of crawl through this maze of back underneath the hotel to get to our space. (laughs) So, basically, you took what God gave you. It wasn't the perfect thing at all. In fact, it was far from that. You just took a step of faith, and you did it, and then... And we started seeing, so originally the vision was to be, like, a branch of what was happening at some of the other houses of prayer, like, um, worship and prayer, And, and we were doing that, but where we were planted and what we were feeling was starting to develop in a different aspect. So we we would have homeless people come in. We would have police officers come in. We would have people wandering the streets come in. And so how do you do that when you're trained in like a, a different model and you want to meet these people and be with them? And so God started really orchestrating and changing our vision for what CityGate Lancaster was to look like. Okay. And it became, and you know, one of the things we've learned in that is that we might have a vision, but it's very fluid. Mm-hmm. As long as we are loving God and loving people, how we do that changes sometimes. So our first, when we first started, it was very much about prayer and worship. Well, then we started really seeing serving the community because we started doing a free lunch. Yes. And so our vision was very fluid. We never swayed away from who we were as a people, but how we did what we did sometimes changed. Okay. Now, this obviously takes finance. It takes people. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I mean, I know today you've got really key people yes. serve with you on your board. I mean, it looks a lot different today than it did back in the beginning. Yeah, it does. So how did that happen? What are the steps you took and what does it look like today in Lancaster? And then we'll talk about other locations. Yeah. So how it looks today in Lancaster is yeah, key people have come along, people who are willing to, as we say, stand at the gate. Sure. And um, we have a leadership team, a leadership team developed after years. I mean, it was a long time. We probably had five or six years that it was just um, friends or people that knew and would help until it developed into people that realized what the vision was, wanted to be part of it, and started coming alongside of us. And that's a key leadership concept because yeah. there's only a few people that see the vision in the beginning. You've seen it for a long time. Yeah. Brian's seen it. A few people around you have seen it. Well, it and takes you have a while. to invest in your own vision. So right. we knew God asked us, are you willing to pay the price? Right. And you had to pay the price personally. And we had to pay the price personally. Exactly. Personally, physically, financially, right. we had exactly. to pay the price. And. I, I want to say it took its toll, but it, it really didn't. It grew us. It grew mm-hmm. us as leaders. We everything. I had a, a dear friend along the way that she said everything is training. Yeah. Everything you go through, God is using to so teach true. you and turn you into who He needs you to be. And so, when I look at how we did did, you know, it's funny you're asking me about leadership, and I'm I I'm like we did everything opposite of what the world <laughs> says you're to do in leadership. 
because we followed what God told us to do. Right, right. And so a lot of our stuff doesn't make sense to people. Mm-hmm. You know, start a ministry with no money, no building, no board. Like, mm-hmm. you don't do that. But yet God was like, if you do this, well, I'll you bring paid the, the price personally. And yeah. You simply <laughs> had to start. You and Brian yeah. obeyed God. A few people with you who saw the vision. Now, talk to us about what it looks like today in Lancaster. So Lancaster today, I mean, all of our locations are open 24-7. Um, so we say that as people volunteer to go in, we're sure. open. They would not necessarily be running and functioning 24-7, right. but they're available for yes. that. So Lancaster has really turned into the hub where there's intercession worship going on all different times. We serve the community by, we do a free lunch to the homeless. Um, we found out from the mayor's office, especially during the COVID and pandemic, we became the Sunday lunch facility and it's been amazing. Mm. And we started doing, really, we started doing the lunches almost 10 years ago. And, and how's that work today? Does that mean yeah. you and Brian are there serving lunch every Sunday? We used to. <laughs> so, you know, I think what happens is when people start experiencing the vision, yeah, it's, it's one thing to tell somebody what you're doing, but when they come and feel it and see it and put their hands mm. to it, they they catch the vision then and they're like we want to be part of this so that's what started happening we started people would see what we were doing can i come and help absolutely so they would come and help and then the next like can we do a sunday can we take a sunday so what happened now is from us doing one sunday a month we have all four sundays really if and if there's a fifth sunday we have all the sundays covered by totally different teams Brian and i don't necessarily even have to be there on a sunday morning Mm -hmm. because we have all the people taking care of it so they they do a simple church. What happened is that the, the homeless community and the hungry community came in and were like, but we've had relationship with you for so long and we want you to teach us more about mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I even just talked about that this week with them. Like this, you know, evangelism looks different for us because it's it took years before right. we even did that. It's relational evangelism. It was relational. Really. It was yeah. give them a sandwich, right, right. sit down and listen to them. And so yeah. our all of our teams... Um, realize that you know it's not just brian and kim sitting in an office somewhere brian and kim are there cleaning the toilets when they're not there sure and so this that serving end of leadership never Mm -hmm. goes away right it's constantly there and that's what the one thing you instill in your team is serving and then we serve the community (laughs) at the same time now you mentioned you went against conventional wisdom and you did things differently than if you read a lot of the books they tell you to do it if you look back are there some things you wish you would have done differently as you look back and think, you know, I mean, God led you. Yeah. I mean, God's grace has been on, on you guys. There's no question about that. But you look back and say, you know, I think if I were to do it again, I would do a yeah. couple of things differently. Would, would Does that connect with you at all? I don't know. I, because my personality, and I'm one of those people that, like, so the joke in our house is, we wanted to paint the walls and so i picked a red paint and brian said how did you pick that red paint and i'm like well because i can paint over if i don't like it uh-huh. <laughs> so my personality is if this doesn't work then we restructure and do something mm-hmm. else so i don't know that i would do anything different because i think along the way i've learned so many things mm-hmm. from mistakes again it's your and if journey. i never make yeah. the mistakes i would never learn if everything sure. was perfect i don't know that i'd be where i am today okay all right, helpful. So talk about the team. You now have teams. And, and talk about the other locations. You have four locations, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know. How did that happen? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> it, I think the same thing. When we had people that would come serve in Lancaster, and they would be from Ephrata, they're like, you know what? We see Ephrata could really use something like this. And so what we would do is we would go to Ephrata. We would prayer walk. We would talk to the churches. We would talk to leaders. Because uh, we didn't want to ever just be like, we're coming in to take over. Right. We want to make sure we're working with community, working relationally right. with the pastors. Right. 
Uh, and that's what happened. And after like when we went in, um, we met with different pastors and said, here's what we're going to do. We just want to be the place where sure. you can come and do some more ministry. We want to partner with other things that are there. And so at our, I think it was like at our nine year mark is when we started the second location in Ephrata. And so okay, it was a whole team. Okay. Yeah. It was a whole team. Um, and now that team, you know, that's one of the mistakes we learned. Unfortunately, none of them that wanted to do Ephrata put time in at Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't really have the vision. And so what happened is then more people came along that carried the vision of Ephrata. And Ephrata is just amazing. Like they have stuff every night of the week. They have a team leader there, um, like a site director there. Yeah. So a real key then is for people to work with you, catch the vision, catch yeah. the flow of what's going on, for us and not is. assume that they have the same vision until they walk right. with you for a season. Again, going back to that where I said, you know, just because you can play guitar doesn't make you a rock star. Like, right. you, there's things you have to learn along the way, and you have to walk with someone. Like the disciples walked with right. Jesus to understand his leadership techniques, and, and then they modeled know, them. And, and so every that's what ministry, we try to do. you know, any business oh, yeah. has their has their own value system. Yes, and people need to work with you for a while to find out what that is. Because when we walk in unity, God commands blessing. And you can't walk in unity unless you walk together for a while and and really have heart-to-heart talks and work together so you know that, hey, we are on the same page with the same value system. And that's exactly what what happened. So that was like what we learned from that. I would never say, it's like when you said, I I would still do it the same way because we learned how not to do it. There has to be unity. They have to understand the vision. So you're not saying the way you did it was always the best way. It's just that you see that God led you and showed you better ways to do it as you walk through the process. Yes. it's all right. It's you know, okay. God was with us. We're good. That's right. Okay. Talk about the third location. So then um, from from Africa, we had a team that was in meeting in Lancaster. And they were all saying, hey, we live, we come to Lancaster and that's great. But, you know, we all live in Columbia. Do you think we could start something in Columbia? And I said, well, let's pray. So the one girl said, actually, there is a space right underneath my apartment that's for rent. If I talk to the landlord, I'm like, if you talk to the landlord. Sure. The one thing that we have tried to to walk out with city gate is we don't pursue any buildings <laughs> what's happened in Africa, what happened in um people come to you is that what you're saying they came to us that's good columbia called us i have this space i hear what you're doing i want you here because mm-hmm. i hear you're praying about ending drugs i hear you praying mm-hmm. about ending home and i want you in columbia doing that yeah what's so unique about what you, you guys are doing that i i think people often ask me you know what is what's happening with city gate ministries what, what's going on behind the scenes i said really you guys are creating a space in four localities in the greater Lancaster County area for people to come to pray, feed the homeless, be trained. It's just a space that's open and available yeah. for any church, any per, any person Absolutely. who lo- loves God. I, I love the vision. Yeah. I, I haven't seen this any other place. That's why I love this vision yeah. so much. Yeah, and, and we knew, like... We knew when God birthed this in us in 2005 and six, and, and Brian was woken up in the middle of the night. Like we, there's stuff that hasn't happened yet. Right. We knew this was to be something that could be modeled anywhere because it's not about a denomination. It's about it's about sharing God's love. It's right. about just what the is body happening. Body working together. What is happening? Yeah. So what happens in Africa is very different than what happens in Lancaster. Right. Columbia is different than both of those. Yeah. And so then we had the three of them up and running and. You know, seriously, we were praying about one in York, praying about me and God, where do you want us next? Where do you want us next? And I'm, I was in Lidditz having lunch and he said, walk up the street. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I walk up the street. There's a for lease sign. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And, and he said, you're going to have that building. And so, again, a whole chain of events where not only did the building, the landlord was praying about someone coming in that would be a good tenant. 
we were praying about God. If you want us here, you got to provide the building, the finances, and everything. Right. So I I made a post on Facebook that you know, hey, we're praying about Lidditz. Anyone interested in partnering with that? That'd be great. So three days later, a businessman came up and said. I know what you do in all the other locations. I want you in Lidditz. Here's your rent for the whole year. It's amazing. And so for us, we're like, we don't want it ever to be. Brian and Kim started a ministry. Brian and Kim rented buildings. Right, Brian and Kim, right, we wanted, right, this right. is what God has done. And that's, I think, the beauty yeah. of letting God be the leader and you submitting to God is he takes care of those details. Yeah, exactly. And so that's how all the locations function that way. It's it's 100% God. Right. Now, you mentioned Brian woke up in the middle of the night. Tell yeah. us that story. So we, we knew God wanted us to have this ministry. We, and, and again, I was thinking it had everything to do with worship and a stage. That's just because that was my training. But God kind of retrained me in some things with that. Brian woke up in the middle of the night with the word, it's the city gate. Mm. And so, you know, we re- we've known about the gates of the city sure, from the Bible sure. times. But we felt like from that moment on, God was saying the, the gate is where the where the prophets sat. It's where the finance happened. Right. It's where. And so when we look at all of our locations, they're all in districts in the cities where finances are right next door. Like in Lancaster, we're between the, the mayor's office and the hospital. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're always plugged into these places exactly what with what would happen at, in Jerusalem at the city gate. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it blows our mind. But we it's like, of course. <laughs> so that's how we got the name City Gate. It, it was God gave it to us directly in a dream. Beautiful. And kind of spoke into what that was going to look like so then. So you look back to 2005 when you really started and the vision you had. It's changed quite a bit. Oh, it drastically. So that's another key concept. You get this thing in your heart from the Lord. And yeah. you begin. You just start. You get a few people that just join with you. And you find who those people are. And you start. And then you allow God to show you and mold yeah. you and lead you. And what what happens down the road will look different perhaps. Absolutely. You know, to some degree. Yeah. To that which you originally had imagined in your head. Am I right? Exactly. Kind of like what you said. And so we knew CityGate has visions and values. Like we have our we right. have all the things we needed for right. the for the 501c3. We have all that written down. But how we walk those out in each location is just a little different because yeah. we we wanted it to be fluid. And we knew that what happens in Lancaster is very different than Ephrata. Right. Lancaster was homeless, a lot of homeless. Ephrata had a lot of drug stuff we were dealing with. Right. Columbia had more rejection things we were dealing with. Mm-hmm. Lidditz has become a business prayer hub. Wow. There's so many people meeting there for prayer for business before they started. It's amazing. Businessmen coming in. And setting up times, bringing in other businessmen to pray for the business. Beautiful, so, beautiful. So my heart now, like what I feel God is saying is every zip code. Wow. Because every zip code has a different sound, has a different need, mm-hmm. has a different. And so you, it's it's not one size fits all. It's what is that community need? Yeah. And so now we've kind of realizing that we're like, we feel God wants us to be in communities to help with the needs of that community. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep watching, seeing the new community and see where God takes you next. It's yeah, it's fantastic. exciting. So what would you say to a younger leader who would ask you for advice on how to be a healthy leader? Yeah. What would, what would you say to, to someone who would ask you that? Yeah, so healthy leaders create healthy leaders. And right. so when we were starting, when Brian and I were starting, and, and um, so for me, because Brian was working full time, I followed people that I saw health in. Sure. And well, Okay, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. Um, so you, you want to learn from healthy leaders. I want to learn from healthy yeah. where I saw what was happening. And and I, so back in that time, like we were very connected with Eagles Wings and Robert sure. Stearns oh, from yeah. Buffalo, New Great York. Friend. Love yeah. them. We saw how they operated as a team. Sure. And we were like, that's how we want our team to operate in mm-hmm. community, in mm-hmm. friendship, mm-hmm. preferring one another. 
So we went up and spent time with them. Sure. We we got involved with Dove, and we saw how Dove is very big on fathering and mothering and, mm-hmm. and um, servant. And we're like, okay, we're spending time with you mm-hmm. <laughs> so that we learn how to be better servants. Okay. Um, so spend time with people who carry with people something who that you carry, want to carry. Yes. That is really, really good. And that's for everything. Like if You're you right. want to, like I, if moving prophetically, you spend time yeah. with someone who's prophetic. <laughs> yeah. So what are key issues you find leaders facing today? Oh, don't get me started. I get well, myself I in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like today, because of, and I'm not the only one saying this, so don't, but because of the social media that we have, right. because of right. the influence you can have on social media, everybody's trying to be a star. Right. right. And you know what? If you don't have character to back that up, mm-hmm. you're really just a pair of sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can have a really expensive pair of sneakers on the stage, but your personal life is is horrible. Right. And so, again, almost going back to my first thing, young leaders, where are you serving? Yeah. What is your heart? Like, are you willing to come? And, and that's happened. People have come to us. And I said, well, okay, can you come and help with this? No, I can't. I'm too busy for that. Yeah. Like, I, I can't sweep that. I can't mm-hmm. go clean city gate. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not right. going to be a good leader. Right. Good. You're a writer. You're an author. You've written some uh, books. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, not have. like you. You need 500 not, books. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not near. Uh, talk to us about, you know, uh, your books. And you've got a few books on Amazon. Talk to us yeah, about Yeah, I that. do. So from from the position of leadership, like I, I'm a teacher by nature. I love sharing the word of God. And God had given me... Is it an acronym or acrostic? I forget. Where like the word pray, acronym, and he showed, yeah. yeah, showed me how to take that word pray and put it for every book of the Bible, cool, and use a Bible study. And so the very my favorite is Song of Solomon. So I wrote a book. I started a ministry called One Day Legacy. Wrote this little a Bible study book on taking the word pray. And so P would be. Um, where do you see the prayer in this chapter? Right, right. Are the relationship, where's the relationship between mm-hmm. you and God? Um, A, the attribute, what attribute of God or what attribute of Jesus? And then why, where is your yes? Where's the yes that I need to do this? Or, mm-hmm. And so going through the whole, the whole Bible and writing more of those, they're coming out. So that's just a small little Bible study book, but I'm telling you, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It, it has changed how I read the Bible because everything's a prayer in the Bible. Everything right, becomes relational. Right. Um, and then I did from my love from that. And as we talked, you know, in the house church movement, discipleship making movement, using a discovery Bible method for kids, I started thinking, this was one time at one of the leadership conferences we had, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I'm spending so much money as a house church on like curriculum for Sunday school. And we don't use half of it because you only have four or five kids and it was hundreds of dollars a month to keep up with right, everything. Right. And God's like, why don't you just use the Bible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wrote, it's called Disciple Kidship. And it, it's the it's same premise. Yeah. I, I love it. I use it for adults too. I use it for right. anyone. So basically God showed me how to take Bible stories in six squares, use the discovery Bible method with it. So after you tell the story using the six squares, you ask the children, where do you see God in this? And then, you know, the, the last command, who are you going to share this with? Right, right. And so it's just a small little book that can go anywhere. And I've had people that are from Africa and other places that have bought it because you don't need anything. You can write in the dirt. You can write in a piece of paper or your famous whiteboards. (laughs) I love whiteboards. (laughs) Yeah. And then from a place of prayer, um, teaching on prayer and being in the prayer movement, um, God showed me how to take five circles Mm -hmm. 
and how to pray for anyone in that I'm a prayer life as a leader. So I pray for my family, my immediate family. And I could go down through these five circles and I write sure. their names in it. It's just a, a, a way to keep your prayers organized. And it's a hundred day journal to do that with. Right. I know you do training and teaching in the body of Christ. You know, you yeah, do I seminars do. and yeah. on prayer and, you know, other yeah. areas. Because of I know you, I want to have you and Brian back in the future. We talk about micro church and yeah. health church because, you know, you guys have been that's really, really, that's your passion. You've done that so well. And we'll have you back in the future. Is there anything else today before we close today? Anything else today that you'd want to share with a younger leader? think here's here's one thing you need to be aware of something I learned that could really help you in the future a nugget of truth anything else you could think of yeah I mean the only thing like looking back over what what I did and like what I just value is I I'm always looking and looking and so even you know growing in leadership you're looking around like we watched you in Laverne Mm -hmm. how do they talk to people how do they so it's not so much you might have the qualities of a leader but you have to have the character and you have to have the community around you to help grow you as a leader Um, and so again too often young leaders want to be the one on the stage you know it's all about them but yet you have to learn how to work together with people submitting to each other Um, asking the tough questions sometimes. Like I remember saying, like, did I say that right? How could I say mm-hmm. that better? Like That's always good. asking. Um, so for me, it's a, it's a constant learning and growing. You, you never arrive as a leader. That is so true. You never arrive. You're always learning. And so keep learning. Surround yes. yourself with people that you want to, you know, examples that you see in their life and surround yourself. Ask them the tough questions. Now you have a podcast. Talk to you about your podcast. I do. Yeah, it's just where I can chit chat. Coffee with Kim, where I share my love of coffee and God. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I started it. Actually, my daughters had asked me to start it because some of their friends, uh, maybe not going to church, um, and just want some nuggets of truth. Sure. uh, Want questions answered. And so I kind of started this for that reason. I do maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Right now, we're going through Proverbs. I use the one-day legacy format where we take books of the Bible or verses. Uh, In July, we went through fire and studied fire in the Bible. And then what I do in the podcast is I'll take that day's reading and just talk that scripture out. How do you pray that scripture? Um, give stories. Yeah. It's That's been fun. Awesome. It's, it's really been fun. Great. Kim, it's been so good having you with me today. And, um, you know, anybody would like to get to know more about Kim and Brian and all they're doing. Uh, again, it's it's CityGate House of Prayer. CityGateLangster.com. Okay, there you go. CityGateLangster.com is your website. Again, we got the show notes with your books and everything. Yeah. And, and you just check out uh, all the show notes on that. And uh, we're going to have you back and get along with oh, Brian in the future. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about microchurch and all you've learned on that in the last You're going to need more time. <laughs> we will. We really will. But I thought we want to do that in the future, get you both yeah, together. And we'll absolutely. talk about that in the future. That'd be great. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us today for the Larry Kreider Leadership Podcast as we've learned much more about leadership, about CityGate House of Prayer and all that God's done through Kim and Brian and their whole team. And look forward to having you back. Again, check the show notes. Uh, you've got a lot, lot more information on there for you, a lot of things that Kim has learned, a lot of things that would help you as a leader now and in the future. Look forward to having you back soon. God bless you. And again, thank you for joining us today for the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.